in the States. He just started his adventure here in the United States this time, right? He just got in on Sunday. Uh, and he, this is tomorrow morning. He'll be headed on to the next spot. But um, it's a blessing that we got to have him come and speak with us. So I'll let him tell some of his story. Uh, but without further ado, Pastor Allen, why don't you come on up? Thank you. Thank you very much. Asante. Thank you very much. God is good. And all the time. Yeah, forgive me. I look maybe I look a little bit warmer. But (laughs) I come from a different part of the world. Uh, I mean, uh, Marcus has been trying to get me a jacket. You need another jacket? You need another jacket? (laughs) But thank you so much. It's such a privilege and an honor to be here. I thank God for my good friends. Uh, they know themselves. I mean, all of you are my good friends. <laughs> and I thank, so, I thank the Lord for Pastor Matt for allowing me to be here. I mean, this is your church. Uh, you're the pastor, you're the senior pastor, so I honor that. If he says I shouldn't preach, I won't. And so I thank, I thank God for him and Pastor Jay and the whole team. And, uh, and I thank you for coming. Uh, God bless you so much. And I bring you greetings from my wife, Jennifer. Yes. Uh, I have three kids, Natasha, Alan Jr., and Eric. They all send their love. Uh, So they knew I would speak, and they're praying for me. So I trust that uh, I want to speak only God's voice tonight. Um, You know, one of the things that I appreciate about your country is that you don't have a lot of honking. You know? yeah. So when someone honks, it means something. But where I come from, we honk to say hello, you know. Uh, we honk to say, do you want to come into the car? Beep! You know, you just honk. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, takes, it takes some level of experience to understand what each honk means. Okay? And in a very noisy town, you sort of understand the different kinds of honks. And I think we are living at a time when the world is too noisy. And uh, there's a lot of noises, uh, a lot of divisions. Everybody has an opinion. Some have stronger opinions than others. Some are smart, some are not. But I want to pray that we will be sensitive to hear his voice. And he said, my sheep know my voice. It might be noisy, but my sheep know my voice. They know when I speak. And and his word is life. And I thank God that I have the privilege of being here to speak his voice. Uh, I don't know how much time I have. I, I can see the clock. Yes. Okay, I'll I'll preach until I there's nobody in the room. Yeah. Unfortunately if you preach long you start repeating yourself, yeah? But I have a lot to say. Um, I have seen God's faithfulness. I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot that is happening, a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, hopelessness, helplessness. But I know that God is faithful. Yes. And he says in his word that he who called us is faithful. 
And even with this global pandemic, we have seen God's hand. It is his grace that has brought us this far. And his grace will lead us home. And, you know, there are people that would want things to change. I would want things to change, but I would rather change. And I want to change so that I'm more forsake me. And one day, I will see him face to face. You know, when we all go to heaven, what a joy uh, to see him face to face. So this is my, the scripture that I want to read. But if you can, uh, verse 16, let me just do one verse. I, I, I know people, we have different kinds of preachers. I like to do one or two verses because people remember that. Uh, let's read together. When jo- Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. Surely, I mean, with confidence, I have no doubt the Lord is here. But I, I had no idea. It sounds like those people who sleep in church. <laughs> I mean, he said where two or three gather in his name, he's there. So he's right there and you sleep. And then you wake up and say, surely the Lord... <laughs> Was, I don't know here, but back at home, we have even elders who sleep. And, you know, they like to sit in front. <laughs> and then they, and, and the service is charged. I mean, you can sense God's presence. It's so powerful. God is moving. He's touching people. And they are asleep. <laughs> but I want to talk about Jacob. Allow me to. Uh, because I find his life very interesting. Actually, his name means a trickster. A conman. A scammer. And he lived up to his name. But there are some things we need to see beyond his name that we don't like. I don't like it. Because he's a trickster. One, he was an answer to prayer. You see, not all of us, uh, I I don't mean to to discourage you or mess up your ego, but (laughs) not all of us were an answer to prayer. I don't know whether your father and mother told you, but, but not all of us are a direct answer to prayer. You know, actually, some we we call them oops kids. You know, like you know. <laughs> you know, oops. But but Jacob was an answer to prayer. And God did a miracle. He actually answered and gave the mother double. He's probably expecting one, God gave him two. Because he's able to do exceedingly, yeah. abundantly above. So watch when you pray for a kid. He might give you triple. <laughs> and, and God had such a wonderful plan that even while the mother was pregnant with the twins, and there was a little commotion, and... They wanted to seek clarity from God. God said, it's actually two nations fighting. And he said, the older will serve the younger. Actually, the scripture says, Jacob I loved and Esau I hated. And it doesn't mean that it's not um, a negative emotion of hate, but rather it's divine election. It's preference. That Jacob I prefer, Esau I don't for a particular mission. 
because all of us are here because God wants us here, but each of us is unique in, in that God has a specific plan and purpose for us. And so if, for example, God chooses you to sing, and you're a good singer, in that sense he has loved you. And if you want to sing, but he did not want you to sing, <laughs> in the sense of singing, he hates you. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> because it's, it's, it's God who prefers some to sing, some to make a joyful noise. You know, it's, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's divine. It's God in his sovereignty has chosen that some people make people laugh and others make people cry. You know, people are different. Some are skilled in their hands. Some are skilled in their heads. Some we don't know, but they have, they, they, you know, so, you know, I, you, know you, you, you can't question God. Have you ever seen that there are some who, whose ability, the only ability they have is availability, but it's okay. <laughs> but here's what I want you to see. There's, on one hand, there's God's sovereignty. God is the ultimate. God is the ultimate CEO. God decides. But on the other hand, there's human responsibility. And that has been a subject of debate for centuries. And one theologian was asked, you know, how do you reconcile God's sovereignty and human responsibility? And he said, we don't need to reconcile friends. I think it was Charles Spurgeon. So they are friends. So there's God's sovereignty, but then there's human responsibility. And so we see the hand of God in Jacob's life. We even question why he was chosen, but God chose him anyway. Because God has a plan for all of us. And there are things that God has decided, that God has decided will happen, that will happen, and will happen. But that doesn't mean that there's no part that we play. You understand what I'm saying? Now, so it is obvious there was, God had a plan. The Messiah would be born through this line. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But on the other hand, this guy... In terms of responsibility, he had his own flaws. Uh, you know, they were twins. And it's very easy for two to choose to pick sides, even for parents. So it looks like uh, Jacob was mama's boy and Esau was daddy's boy. And daddy's boy was rough. He liked to go and hunt. Mommy's boy was always close to the mother. And so somehow they, uh, there was some favoritism in that family. And this guy was such a trickster that one time his brother was hungry and he needed something to eat. Man, this, this guy bought his brother's birthright. You know, it, it's like he's such a trickster that you are the firstborn, but somehow he tricks you and he becomes the firstborn. And you become the second one. This guy was a real hustler, you know. He's, he's, he, he's a smart guy. I mean, sometimes I feel it was so unfair. I mean, your brother just needs some soup. Just give him soup. 
But I say, I'm going to give you soup. I know you're hungry, but I need your birthright. You know, I mean, that was such an, such an expensive thing. That was, I mean, he was a scammer, this guy. Uh, secondly, when the father was ready to bless Isaac, Isaac was ready to bless, and naturally, he was supposed to give the firstborn the blessing. And he knew the firstborn. You know, he was the guy in the bush, the guy in the forest. He was hairy, he was tough, so he had to trick, he had to put in some goat skin, and somehow they tricked the father, and he was blessed. He took his brother's blessing. He was a trickster. Now, before we come, and because if you're a trickster, it's very difficult to stay in one place. Because you trick here, you run away. Trick in Seattle, you move. You trick here, you move. You have to be, um, you know, you can't settle. There's no peace for the wicked. And so he's running away. Secondly, he's on a mission to find a wife. He's not on a mission to seek God. He's fleeing from his brother's wrath. And he is going to look for a wife. But what I find interesting is that God in his sovereignty, God who's kind, God who keeps his part of the covenant, God who does not change his mind, still is pursuing this guy that is trying to... He is, you know, God has a plan. God knows what to do. But, but Jacob is trying shortcuts. I think it's like Abraham. Even his father. God said, I'm going to give you a son. But then the wife tells him, I have an idea. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? God has a plan. I know how... God knew that he would bring Isaac. But you see... In our weakness, in our limitation, we have so many ideas. It seems like we doubt God, we want to help him. But God doesn't necessarily need shortcuts to do what he has promised that he will do. He will do it for his glory. But as human beings, when God promises you, you're like, How, what do I do? So that's why Jacob has a promise, but he's finding a shortcut. He's a trickster, trying to bring God's will to pass through tricks. But he did not need to. Because he was already God's choice. He was already blessed. He, God had already decided that yes, the older will serve the younger. I have said it. But you don't have to be a trickster. But as a human being, he couldn't wait. Abraham had to take a shortcut. He had to, to sleep with Hagar. Unfortunately, in, in us trying to be tricksters and in us trying to help God and doing our own things, we end up doing the wrong thing. And we, know, we all know that choices have consequences. That even though God has a plan and a purpose, when we sow the wrong things, we will surely reap. The Bible says God cannot be mocked. Whatever we sow, we shall reap. And that's why when you look at the life of Jacob, he was a trickster and he was tricked. Because he fell in love with Rachel, he was given Leah. He was conned. Actually, by the time he ended up working for Laban, he said, this man tricked me ten times. Jacob, you will be tricked. Because you are a trickster. And whatever you sow, you will surely reap. But what I find, and I thank God for this, is that he stops somewhere to rest. And as he rests, he's not even praying. He is just sleeping. But God visited him so powerfully. 
And he came to remind him of the promise. To remind him who he was. To assure him that it was not about him getting what he wanted. But rather God doing what he promised. Because you see Jacob is about a trickster because he wants to get what he wants. But on the other side there is God's sovereignty who wants to do what he promised for his own glory. But Jacob is trying to get what he wants. And he seems to be successful at getting what he wants. But God wants to get Jacob to a place where it's not about you getting what you want. But rather me doing what I promise. Me fulfilling my word and getting glory. Rather than Jacob with his trick. You know, being a trickster, getting what he wants, and so that everything he has, he says, I know how to get it. I started from the bottom, now I'm here. No, but rather, he it should get to a place where it is not him, but him and his glory. But listen to this. Even though he was in a state not necessarily waiting on God, God still visited him. There's something I want to say. There's a sense in which God is Emmanuel, God with us here. And he is. But there's a sense in which God is our God in heaven. He said, Father, our Father who art in heaven. And so, there's a sense in which God comes in someone's life. And it is obvious that he is here. It is possible to quote a scripture. He said, I will be with you. But there is a sense in which God does some things. And God confirms something in your life. And even it is not just a promise, but you experience him in a very personal way. And that's what I wanted to talk about tonight. You know, when God makes it obvious that he is here. When God makes it obvious that he said something. When God makes it obvious that he is not just in heaven but he is here and you encounter him and experience you and it completely changes your life but Jacob sleeps has a dream sees divine activities he did not even wake up if I have a dream of an angel I will wake up but he kept on sleeping it was until he woke up and he said surely the Lord is here and I did not know but if you read the scripture, he said, he made a vow to tithe. He, made a, he, he started to respond, but he still went to, his, uh, to the direction he was said to go and get a wife. Number one, sometimes you will experience God so deeply in locations you don't expect him to. Because Jacob and their families had shrines but here is a place he was just sleeping he took a stone he was laying down but he experienced god he saw this is the staircase of heaven in a location he least expected god to move and i want to say something about locations you see when jesus had a conversation with the samaritan woman she said our fathers used to worship here and 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 no and you worship here he said no 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 it's not about the location a time is coming when the father and the peop- there are people he is seeking, those who worship him in spirit and in truth. Sometimes you will experience God not necessarily in locations that you have associated with his presence. 
because sometimes if you associate certain locations with God's presence too much, they become idols. You begin to worship the location rather than the Lord God himself. And, and, and I think um, the Lord had opened a door. I went to Germany to speak and I saw big, big cathedrals that are now museums. But in the past, they, you, they would even compete about which church had the longest roof. But now, in that location, it's a museum. So, because when you attach God's presence with certain locations too much, you, you remember on the Mount of Transfiguration, they said, let's build a tent because we have seen the glory is here. Because man always wants a certain location. Because God, you have moved here, this is where I'll be meeting you. But God says, no, 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 I can meet you here, can meet you there, can meet you everywhere. And I don't, I don't want people to associate God's move even with a certain denomination. And that's why there are some denominations that people associated with God's presence in the past. But you go and visit them now, and he left. Am I making sense? Because some, he left, he's not there. But they're still worshiping, they think he is there, but he's not there. Because you cannot contain God in a location. God is not monumental. God is a movement. God moves everywhere. And so I encourage you, don't associate God with, don't attach God's presence to only a specific of the walk. He, can, he will bless you as you come in and as you go out in the country, in the city. It's not a location. It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. Secondly, God sometimes and many times will move even where there's little expectation. Now, I'm not saying that we should not expect, but I'm amazed that Jacob was not sleeping expecting to encounter God, to see a staircase. No, no, he was just sleeping. But God had decided, I'm going to move here. I'm going to show him. I'm going to make it obvious who I am and my promises. I'm going to remind him. I'm going to assure him that as long as I am God, everything I said, I'm going to make, uh, it, it will come to pass. But he was not in a state of expectation. And that's why even when we expect, we must leave room for God to do beyond our expectation. Uh, that's why the Bible says that he will do exceedingly, abundantly above that which we think, even beyond our expectation, according to his power that is at work in us. Maybe you don't expect him to move in this state. Maybe you don't expect him to move around this season. Maybe you don't expect him to move. Maybe you're waiting for things to be better so that God can be active. But even now when it is chaotic, in all things, God is at work. He's moving. He's moving. Even when you don't expect, even when others are not expecting, even when there are regulations, even when there are restrictions, God cannot be restricted. You know, in our country, they locked the country. They said no churches. But that did not lock. There were no restrictions in heaven. Nothing could stop God from touching us. God had no social distance. God was still moving and touching us everywhere. Even when there's social distance, God is still moving. And he has no social distance. He touches me. He, he talked to me this morning. 
I, 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 he wasn't even wearing a mask. <laughs> he was speaking to me so close. I was like, okay, it's okay. It's okay. He, he's, he's hugging me. I feel, I experience it. Listen, sometimes, you know, when I talk about expectation, I also mean emotion. Because there are times when we attach divine experiences with emotions. And so we say, I feel his coming. I'm ex- I can feel him. Feelings. But even when I don't feel it, I believe it. Even in seasons when I don't feel him, I believe he is with me. There are times and seasons of loneliness. Because Jacob was all alone, sleeping on a pillow, running away from his brother, going to look for a wife. But he was there. Even though I walk through the valley of a shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff will comfort me. There will be seasons where you don't feel him. But your feelings are deceptive. If there's anything wrong, it's not his word, it's your feelings. Align your feelings with his word. You don't allow them to talk to you. Talk to them. I say, you know, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Because my soul doesn't feel like blessing the Lord. And so I tell my soul, bless the Lord, all my feelings. Yes, my feelings, bless the Lord. I know you don't feel like, but bless him. Bless his holy name, because he's worthy. I don't know what you're, but I know he's here. But I know he's here. You know, uh, you know, sometimes when we are preaching, we get excited. And, and we say, can I preach like I feel it? No, no, don't preach like you feel it. Preach like he said it. Yes. Yeah, just like he said it. Hallelujah. Yes. I hope I'm preaching good. Yes. Now, I want you to see also another point here. That this guy has a dream of divine activities where he was he wakes up and says surely God is in this place and I did not know he was passive I said it's like and, and I've seen I've seen I've seen I've seen meetings God is moving festivals the, the Holy Spirit is moving I see people crying people convicted people repenting and I, and I see someone you know standing like this and, and chewing and chewing gum uh, you know, I'm not. I'm, I'm sure some people here are chewing gum. I'm not talking. <laughs> and, it, 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 and you're looking at people. Are, you, are we in the same meeting? Right. Uh, have you ever had people give a report of a church service? You were in that church. You were in that church service. You experienced God so powerfully. You had the word of God. It was such a powerful. And the the, the things they are talking about. You're wondering why are you in church? Yeah, because they're talking about things you don't even care about. Because when you came to church, all you wanted was him, and you found him. You didn't even know who was wearing what, and who said what to who, and who criticized who. You were so focused on Jesus, but somebody was was just there, passive, looking at people, you know. And and they they, they will not add value in terms of security, but they are just, you know, looking around and looking for something to criticize, and 
you know. But, but, but when you are in this church, you come to church, you know what brought you here. You're here to experience him, to hear his voice. You, every other voice doesn't matter except his one. Every, everything else doesn't matter except him. Oh, glory to God. And, and when you leave the church, God surely was there. And I Because ex- you are not passive. You are active. You are engaging. You are involved. And I think that's the reason why some preachers, you know, have to get people involved. You know, slap your neighbor a high five and <laughs> give your neighbor and, you know, say hallelujah. Somebody say yes. And you, <laughs> because, because sometimes you, you're, you're looking at people and if I don't tell these people, they are not, they are not even engaged. You know, slap your neighbor a high five. <laughs> You know, people are always complaining that preachers are, some preachers yell a lot. But why wouldn't you yell when someone is dozing right in front? Pastor <laughs> you have to yell sometimes. Because someone is right there and they're looking at you like, yes. shout hallelujah. <laughs> The guy was passive. I don't want to be passive in with when, when God opens the heavens. I, I, I don't want God to ask. You know, God says, what do you want? I will tell him so much. Yes. I will talk to him. I'll say, did you ask me? Yeah, I, do you have time? <laughs> I have a lot to tell you. Don't be passive. You know, there are people who say, I'm, I'm waiting on God and I know everything will be... No, no, no. The human responsibility has to interact with God's sovereignty. You can't say everything will be okay. Yes, I know God is in control. But yes, he is in control. Yes, he spoke. But we have to be active. We have to interact. That's why he said, I will bless the work of your hands. Because there's something you're also doing, you know. But I love Jacob because he learned his lesson. Because the next time he had such an encounter, you remember, he wasn't sleeping. Actually, the Bible says he wrestled with him. Because yeah. he had learned, I, don't, I won't sleep again. He wrestled, and the angel said, let me go. He said, no, last time I had a dream and I was sleeping, and I woke up and said, surely the Lord is in this place. But this time, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. Yeah, last time I slept in a service, but now I'm not sleeping. I'm going to interact with you. I'm not leaving this service the way I came in. Something must change. Because I know when there is a divine visitation, and when divine visitation, divine encounter, when man interacts with God, man changes. When man interacts with God, man is transformed. You can't remain the same way if you're interacting with God. There's no way you can interact with God and remain the same way. I know you have flaws, you have weaknesses. He said, you shall receive power, become. You cannot interact with God. Every time there was a major move of God, man was changed. When God said, I have heard their cry, I have come down, they were delivered from Egypt. Every time when the angel came to Mary, he said, you, 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 I have visited. Oh, okay, I have a word from you. You're going to get pregnant with God. I mean, that's something major. There's not a time that you come and interact with God and nothing happens. Even in this service, I believe that something will happen in your life. So Jacob learned his lesson. I hope you do. 
Don't sleep. Don't be passive. Be active. Finally, this is what I like. That when he interacted with God later, he changed his name. From Jacob the trickster, man who I do I I do this, I did this, then I did this, I did this, I do this, I do this, I do that. You know, he's he's trying to find his way of doing things. Yet there's a God has his own way, he has his own plan. But as he interacts, he says, Unless you bless me, God changes his name and he changes his walk. He changes his identity and he changes his walk. So you will know he interacted with God. You know, you can't interact with God and fail to change your walk and yeah. fail to change your name. Something will change. But there's something I like, and that, that is my, this is my conclusion. Later, he's Israel. But sometimes he's still called Jacob. But he is still Israel. But sometimes he's referred to as Jacob. And I, the reason why I appreciate that is because Jacob is a trickster. But his name was changed into Prince with God. God contends. He contends with God. The God factor was introduced into his name. But still sometimes he's called the trickster. So that we don't forget who he was. He was a trickster. But before he can tell us that all I have is because of what I did, then we see Israel, prince with God, God, God contends. And so somehow there is a testimony of who he was. And there's a, there's a reminder of who he was in his life, but there is also what God is to him. And so, Jacob, you cannot brag that it is you who got what you wanted. No, 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 you can't convince us because we see your name was changed and there is a God factor in your life. So we know if it was not for God, you will still be a trickster. But because of the God factor, you are no longer a trickster. There is a God factor in your name. There is a covenant in your name. And so the glory is not yours. The glory belongs to God. But we will still remember you are a trickster. Because you reap what you sow. And even if God in his sovereignty will find a way of aligning you with his will... The consequences sometimes will still keep following you. And that's why even David, he messed up. True, he did. And it was an Old Testament scandal. But when you open the, the book of Matthew in the genealogy, we are reminded of the Old Testament scandal in the New Testament. So that even though he forgave, we are still told, you know, choices have consequences. Whatever we sow, we will reap. However... The name of Israel is more amplified. And so we shouldn't focus too much on the fact that he was a trickster. But rather somehow he wrestled with God. Somehow God had a plan for him. And somehow God in his power, as Jacob was interacting with him, he fulfilled his promise. There's something I did not want to forget. When you, when you look at Jacob or even Abraham, every time they... Hagar, he got Ishmael. But that was not a child of promise. But Ishmael is still there, in love with Rachel. I don't know why. But he mentioned something about the calves and the figure. It's normal. He's a, he's a, he's a man. He's a man. But you see, 
but it is Leah who he did not like that gave birth to Judah. And guess what? Jesus is not in the lineage of Rachel that he fell in love with. No, no, because God's plan and the reason he was chosen, Jacob, was was about Judah and Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah. But Jacob, he liked Rachel. And he got, he worked for her. It was, let me get, no, I will work 14 years. I don't care. I want Rachel. But Jesus is not in that lineage. Because it's not about you getting what you want. No, no, it's you aligning yourself with what God wants for you. And God getting glory from what he wants to do with you. And so be at peace with God's will. Be at peace with God's word. Even when it is not popular. Even if people don't like it. Even when people don't vote for it. Stick with that word. Be a soldier of the cross. A soldier of his word. A believer of his word and and let me tell you something in the end you will stand and say surely God was with me his hand has brought me this far he is worthy of all glory and praise and your life will be about his glory Uh, let's be upstanding let's stand on our feet hallelujah thank you Jesus God has a plan God has a plan. God has a plan. Let's bow our heads, everyone. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to align your heart. Allow, align your mind. With His will. I know we get anxious sometimes. I know we are always wondering, what do I do? What do I do? Do I do this? Do I do that? Do I do this? Do I do that? But no eye has seen, no ear has heard the things that the Lord has prepared. If God would open your eyes to see the grand plan that he has for you, it is so superior, it's so clear. It is greater than your thoughts and plans and schemes. And I pray that God will take over your life. I pray the Holy Spirit fills your life. That you pursue nothing but him. There are many distractions in this world. But Jesus is the ultimate treasure. Listen to me. One time, my wife had just changed my son. And she had a diaper in her hands. She was walking in a crowded place. And and the way she had wrapped it, it looked like something precious. And a thief. But she, she was just putting it in the handbag. And a thief just came and, and she was wondering, where do I dispose this? Where do I? I mean, it's, it's not something nice, it's poop. But a thief came and snatched the poop from her. And he took off. surprise he got when he went to the black market ready to sell it. I don't know how much it's and and I tell you that unless the Lord reveals to us what is precious and that is him and his will we will be snatching what is not valuable. 
go back pursuing that which is not valuable. Can we wait on God and trust Him and allow His will? He said, I beseech you, in view of God's mercies, that you present yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable. You guys just give Pastor Alan a You know, Paul went and visited some churches and he said there was only one church that shared with the burden of the ministry. And I don't I don't want Pastor Allen to come here and not how have us give the opportunity to be able to share in the burden of his ministry. Um, I always, whenever we take up offerings for people, I just want to remind you that we all wish we could give more. And so you don't have to give what you don't have, just give what you can. But collectively, us in the room here, the church is, uh, the church is going to give him some money. But I just I want to super bless Pastor Allen tonight. And so uh, take your coffee money or, you know, you ain't going to the movies, you ain't going eating out, you know. So as we dismiss... Um, I'm just going to leave the basket up here on the altar and then you just come by and um, throw a few bucks in there and then uh, just put it in cash because I don't know what kind of banking to have in Africa, but <laughs> it'll make it a little bit easier for him to do it. But let's just believe that God's going to bless this uh, gift mightily that we can give, give to Pastor Allen. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's pray for Pastor Allen and his ministry. Father, we thank you so much for this gift that you gave us tonight in Pastor Allen. God, we pray that you would bless his church, that you would bless his ministry, that you would bless his wife, Jennifer, and his three kids. Lord, we pray that to Auburn, Washington, Lord, and we thank you for this word, Lord, that we would never forget how close you are to us, that we can find you anywhere, that when we all have hearts like Jacob, that you're still with us. So we thank you, we praise you for that tonight, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys remember on Sunday, if you haven't invited your person. Hey, we want to thank you so much for being online with us today. I want to remind you, if you're not a follower on Facebook, please like our page on YouTube. Please subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Tell all your friends. Continue to watch online. We thank you for watching. We love you so much. Have a great day.